You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. I've met her quite a few times now, and I've always personally been inspired by her passion and her conviction that the churches are to be active in bringing about um, hope and peace and support and, and also to learn from many of our, our friends and people who are in homelessness situations. So, yes, it's great to have Jenny here with us today. So I know Jenny a little bit, but many of us don't know Jenny from a bar of soap. So I thought, and we've done this before with some of our other guests when we've done a Q&A, so I'm going to hit you up with a few questions. Does that sound all right? Yep, that's fine. Excellent. All right. So... All right. Dogs or cats? I have no pets. I had a cat and I gave it away last year. Wow. I know. Gave a cat away? Yeah. Was that traumatic it's, or...? No, it was so freeing. I have no, <laughs> no pet responsibilities whatsoever anymore and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Pasta or pizza? Ooh. Um, well, I say pasta, pasta, but anyway, that, yes. Sound like a friend <laughs> Naomi of ours. AFL or NRL? Oh, it's NRL only because I lived in PNG and we had one channel and that was all we could get, so I had to learn to like it. Yeah, right. It, it is something you have to learn to like. <laughs> Book or movie? Uh, I'd have always said movie, but lately I've discovered the joy of reading and, uh, yeah, probably book. Now. Yeah, right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Although tea first thing. Tea Can't get out thing. of bed without a tea and then it's coffee. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Walk or ride? Oh, well, I just got an e-bike. Oh. So, and I'm going to get some comfy pants for my birthday. So it's going to be ride. <laughs> and I have a bunion, so I can't really walk anymore. Well, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, sweet or savoury? Savoury. Savoury. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Elaborate? No? No. No? No, just, just, just most things savoury, yeah. Okay. Yep. Wolverine or Spider-Man? Oh, neither. Neither? No. Not even Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? Don't do fantasy. Don't, no, no. It's got to be at least possible for me to watch it or like it. Yeah, Yeah. right. Okay. Fair call. City or country? Oh, now I live in Launching Place. Totally. I'm a country girl now. Yeah? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. We had a deer in the garden last night and a wombat during the week and cows and it's beautiful. Mm. Yep. You know you're in the country when you yep. have a wombat in your backyard. Yeah, I hey. love it. Mm-hmm. Very good. Water or wine? <laughs> you can say it. It's all right. Wine. <laughs> I would say wine too, so there you go. <laughs> Jesus turned water into wine, so, you know. I should drink more water, but, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Drink more water. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, I feel like we know you so much better now. (laughs) Not really, though. Seriously, um, so I guess in order to to get to know you a bit more, like, can you just, if you were to, if you're at at a party, right, and someone said to you, what what are you, like, really passionate about? What gets you going in the morning besides your cup of tea? Like, what, what do you get out of bed for? What are you passionate about? What would you say? First, um... Well, and this sounds like the right answer, but I would say God is uh, for sure uh, my passion, people, uh, including my family. Yep. 
and justice is something I'm really passionate about. Yeah. So probably those three things. Absolutely. They, they would get the conversation mm. going, I reckon. <laughs> Very good. What, in terms of life, you know, one of, the, one of the things we're big about as a church community is, is missional living. So, you know, seeing that all aspects of life are opportunities to serve the Lord and no matter what we do, whether we're in a ministry capacity or whether we're in a, a secular workplace, we have opportunity, or in the home, you know, we have opportunity to live intentional lives for Jesus. And growing up, for you, like, can you look back and think of particular moments in your life where, I don't know, you kind of took a, a greater step forward in that or felt like God stirring you to, to live more that way for him? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, when I was, oh gosh, late teens, I guess, yeah. um, it was around the time when um, everything was changing in church, like music was changing in church. You know, Billy Graham came to England and Mission Praise hymn book came out and we sung things other than hymns. I went yeah. to a Methodist church and played the organ there from when I was 12 um, and it was all hymns. Um, but then I met this man who was a drummer and I played piano and we were like, wow, there's other things you can sing in church. We should we should try that. And we just completely disrupted our church by <laughs> introducing that terribly now when I reflect on it. Um, but we had um, our pastor at the time, our minister, her, his wife was super influential in my life um, was one of those heroes of the faith, I think, you know, that I looked up to. And I remember so much about her, but I, I loved how she knew scripture. She could just mm. speak scripture without having to look it up, you know. And um, she was probably the first person I met like that or that I realised was like that. Um, and she she and my mom too took our youth group away um, so we went to the Greenbelt Christian Arts Festival where everyone camped in a field and, you know, Cliff Richard was there. Wow, that was like wow. a big deal, I know. And um, the Proclaimers came one time. and um, But then there was th- this Iona worship tent and we were just exposed to a whole range of different things in those days. Mm. Um, but these women, these women that led me as a child really uh, inspired me and uh, in our late teens, this minister's wife said, uh, introduced us to this shared Jesus mission concept and uh, it came out of uh, an organisation that ran an Easter event that she would also take us to and that was a, a big turning point for me, um, going to these events, been with hundreds of other Christians that loved Jesus and just singing with them and uh, being with them. That was inspiring. But then we went on this shared Jesus mission where... Uh, basically Christians moved into a town for a week and just we were like everywhere like a rash in the town. (laughs) You know, we were in the schools doing assemblies in the schools and we were um, on the street just talking to people on the street and everywhere we could be, we were there and we camped in people's houses from the local churches and everything. And I was pretty young but I was so bold in those days because nobody knew me so I could just be as bold as I liked, you know, (laughs) and share Jesus in the town. And I guess for me that was the beginning actually of stepping out in faith and doing something a little bit radical. Yeah, Um, Yeah. And she was a big part of uh, the mentoring process, I guess. Absolutely. So looking back that was a key moment that you kind of go, wow, you know, people, this is good news that we've got to share. Mm-hmm. 
I'm an ordinary person, but God can use me. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Very good. Did that, how did that sort of play, how did that early influence sort of play out in the years ahead for you? Well, it was at one of those Easter people conferences where um, we went to a small service. We ditched the big thing, went to this small church and someone preached that night about living under the lordship of Christ Mm -hmm. and invited people to respond at the end of that service. And my husband, John, uh, almost pulled my arm out of its socket (laughs) as he just got up to walk forward and wanted me to go. And that was the real beginning of a, a big change in our lives where we came home and said, what does it really look like to live under the lordship of Christ and put him first. And we'd brought home the little candle that we'd lit that night and so we put it on the mantelpiece and we used to light it. And it changed things slowly. Like we talked about how what we gave of what we had and Mm -hmm. that was radical for us to go, okay, let's think about really giving from what we've got and trusting God that if we do that, he's going to keep providing for us. Um, And what ended up happening was that we felt God was asking us to step out in a greater way. At first we thought that was fostering and we looked into that Mm -hmm. and that was a closed door for us, which was really interesting because we were convinced that was what God had. Um, But in the end it led us to Australia, to the Bible College of Victoria where John trained to be an aircraft engineer when we joined uh, Wycliffe Bible Translators. Then we headed off to a country called Papua New Guinea we'd never heard of (laughs) till we came to Australia and came back here. And it's just... It's kind of not stopped since we lit that candle yeah. um, and it's been amazing and surprising and, yeah, great, actually. I, I like that that candle image too because yeah. a good quality candle, at least, is <laughs> one that doesn't burn out yeah. very quickly. It's like that slow burn of but maintaining the light and, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, it sounds as though from that slow burn beginnings, the moment you lit that candle till now it's it's been that continual journey of just faithfulness with god and and learning and no doubt lots of struggles along the journey mm-hmm. but of of having that one step in front of the other continuing god how are you going to use me what do you want me to do how can i serve you how can i love others mm-hmm. well yeah and i would never have dreamed that i'd be sitting here today you know like i never thought of leaving england my entire life and here <laughs> i am in australia <laughs> And it still surprises me when I see a wombat in the garden. I go, oh, I live in Australia. (laughs) How did that happen? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. God has a habit of doing that, doesn't he? Surprising us very often. So, you know, you... Let's go stable one now because that's... that's, Well, it's not the only reason you're here, but it's it's the main reason you're here. What, What is stable one... I believe that it didn't originate in Australia, and I did. Oh, whoops! I'm I'm sorry. I got that wrong. Um, how how did it how did it start up, and how how did you get involved? What what was it? How did it come about? Yeah. All right. Um, well. Do you need that? I do need that piece of paper That's okay. that flew off down there. Yes. Um, well, I have a little PowerPoint, and I can um, talk through. Do you want me to go through that now? Sure. And. All right, so I guess people are at home today, right? Um, And I I thought it would be good to just consider for a moment as you look around your home and you think about where you are this morning, think about what makes home home for you. And maybe if there's someone sitting next to you, you can just turn to them and say a word or a couple of words that uh, mean home for you. 
And maybe Joel's got one. When you think about home. When I think about home, I think about... Comfort. comfort. Yep. I was going to say community. So that sense of belonging with with other people. Yeah. Comfort, community, belonging, other people. Um, There's lots of things that when we think about home... Uh, there's some other words I just want to throw out to you. Um, refuge mm. and hopefully warmth on a day like today. Uh, a place where you can have privacy and be safe and sheltered. Uh, maybe a place on normal non-COVID times when you can invite people in and socialise and invite people into your home. Mm. Um, a place where you can put your stuff, you know, store your things and maybe even arrange your things nicely. Um, a place where you've got some control. You know, maybe you can shut the door and lock it if you want to be alone or you don't want people to come in. So a place of safety as well. Mm. Maybe a place of peace. Could be a real place of fun. There's been lots of fun in my homes over the years. Um, maybe it is a stable place for you that's, that's ongoing. You know that tomorrow that's also the place that you can be and that can be your home. Um, At the beginning of last year, well, before I go to that, I just want to say then all of those things describe a home. So when you are homeless, you have none of those things. And I think that when we we think about homelessness and we just think, oh, someone's sleeping in a doorway, but you don't think what it is you don't have when you don't have a home. Um, So it's not just the need for a roof over your head and for shelter. It's a whole lot more than that. Um, I want to read a scripture to you that a friend sent me at the start of last year, and it's Isaiah 58. And I'm going to read it just from the New Living Translation. And it's titled in, in the New Living Translation, True and False Worship. It says, Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why, I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. 
Then when you call, the Lord will answer, Yes, I am here, he will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. There's so much in that passage that is just so rich and like, why would you not want to be like a well-watered garden? You know, why would you not want the Lord to go, yes, here I am, you know, but there's stuff for us to do and all through scripture there's those exhortations to act, you know, it's not just about having faith in God, but it's about faith and action and we can't separate the two from each other. And we're to act not for ourselves, but for those who are on the margins, those who are poor and oppressed and helpless and hopeless, those who are homeless and hungry. Mm. And that's why Stable One exists. We're here to give shelter to the homeless. And it's not, the, it's not an easy thing to do, um, but it's something that we're called to do. And, and Stable One exists because there's a need in the community. There's a need in the Yarra Valley and I saw that need um, back in 2016. So about this time, five years ago, in the middle of winter, it really hit home to me when I was working in a food bank and I met a 61-year-old woman who'd slept in her car for more than a year. And it blew my mind. Yeah, wow, it's like you just can't believe that that happens in our day and age. And she was one of many stories. Every week someone would come in who was homeless, who was either couch surfing or in their car or in the park. And it's not just a city problem. Like, it's out here, but it's really hidden out here. Mm. Um, And so uh, my immediate response to seeing that need was just to ask my friends to come pray with me. And overnight, um, I just put out a call on Facebook. Fifteen people showed up at my house the next day, all going to different churches around the area, but just came to pray. And that's really where Stable One started. So that's five years ago. Um, we have a mission. We'll put the slide up and, uh, and then I can read it. <laughs> uh, our mission is to support the church. So when we prayed, we asked God, what can we do? And we really believed that God said three things to us in those days. And that was a no-brainer. The first one was love like Jesus. Okay. Um, the second one was work together as the church. And the third one was if you only help one person, then it's still worth doing. And that's where the one in stable one comes from. So we're looking for stability, but it's all about the one. You know, if it was only one person that needed help, then we would still help that one person. So to support the church, that's the church with a capital C, as it works together to share the love of God by providing accommodation to people in need. And not just the shelter, but to journey with each person, caring for their physical and their spiritual needs. Mm. So that's our vision, that's our mission, but our vision is um, this little tagline that you'll see under our name all the time, more than a place to stay, because we recognise that homelessness is not just about the need for a roof, it's a whole lot more than that. So 
In our first year in 2017, seven churches in the valley, mostly Lilydale and Mount Evelyn and also Wandon, got together um, after lots of research and uh, doing lots of homework and preparation. We opened up a winter shelter where churches uh, each took one night of the week. We had a big trailer which was full of beds and bedding and so we would set up the beds. We would cook a home-cooked meal. Up to ten people a night could come in and get a bed and then breakfast the next morning and then we'd pack it all up and go to the next church and do it again. And we did that for 90 nights through winter. The second year, in 2018, the churches in Maroondah wanted to have a go at it, so we uh, shared everything we'd learned with them and did lots of consulting with the woman in charge there. Um, They got a program going. We had a program. We added another church who opened up during the daytime and we put in a shower and a washing machine so people could come and be there during the day. So I just keep chucking my things on the floor. Um, And so we did that again the second year. And then uh, churches in Bendigo were interested and churches in Sunbury were interested and it was becoming quite a bit of work for me. So we got smarter and we started a winter night shelter network. Um, And then if you could just put the map up, I'll just show you. There's now lots of interest in other areas running winter shelters. And so this year there's eight running, although I'm not exactly sure that they're open today. Um, But uh, even uh, Shepparton and Wangaratta and um, Toowoomba as well uh, have opened a winter shelter and Glen Ira, and it keeps on growing. People are just catching on that this is something that the church can do that's really super practical, quite low cost really. Um, It takes a tonne of people to run it, like 200 volunteers um, to staff all the different shifts and do all the work. Um, But it's really something practical that we can do. And over the three winters that we ran a winter shelter, we looked after about 90-something people, um, 90 different people over that period of time that were from our local area that were experiencing homelessness. So super um, practical thing that works and really got the churches working together, which was awesome. But last year, of course, we had COVID and that changed everything. How how did it change everything? Because like for all of us, all of a sudden... We're, we're, we're running, we're, we're kind of used to the, the norm, if you like, and then COVID comes and throws a bit of a spanner in the works. How did it affect the ministry? Well, um, God had gone before us, you know. Yeah. Um, it was amazing because in February I had started talking to the owners of a conference centre in Launching Place and I'd heard that this place was underutilised and I thought, hmm, I should go visit because uh, I've got a, an idea that might work there. And um, we'd started conversations and then in March realised that really trying to run a winter shelter when a lot of our volunteers were in the vulnerable category um, was going to be impossible. So I went back to the guy who who, um, manages this place and said, how about we do a trial run of a program? Um, Because my ideas for his place were probably not his ideas for his place. (laughs) Um, But we agreed that we would move in for three months and run a, a program Uh, a different thing to the winter shelter, uh, a supported accommodation program. We threw together an advisory committee and we started working on developing a program um, to run at the lodge. So we trialled a program for three months. John and I moved in there last year um, into just one end of the building and then we took in uh, eight different people, I think, over 
the course of the three months. We opened up a month late in July, but we stayed open till the end of September. Yeah. Um, and our goals for this program was to create a community primarily and a community that cares, connects and empowers. So that's mm. what we were aiming at doing and we were doing that in all sorts of different ways. Um, we know we're caring for people by creating that safe place. You know, there's people there. Volunteers still came in as well to provide that um, connection and care as well, um, caring for their spiritual needs. Um, we trained uh, volunteers in a specific role to be an alongsider. Um, and I'll talk about that a bit more later sure. because I'd love to recruit some more of these. But people Absolutely. who really come alongside each lodger that stays with us to be a buddy to them, uh, to journey with them while they're there, but also once they leave as well to keep that ongoing connection. Um, so that so lots of caring, good food, uh, safe and, and lovely, like a lovely place to live. Mm. It's not a shabby place. When you get inside, it's really beautiful. Um, we're on 40 acres of like million dollar views and wow. it's the best. I couldn't afford to live there myself. <laughs> um, you know, people paid to come and stay with us as well. So it wasn't the same as just the winter shelter, but they got all their meals and their own room with a lock on the door and, wow. you know, their own space. Yeah. Um, so the connection is all about trying to help them connect to people, to each other, to services and supports that they need as well. Um, all of that kind of thing and to uh, to the community. So we do that in lots of different ways. And then the empower part is trying to help people grow. Yeah. So they don't just come and, you know, stay for a while and then go out the same. We want to see them go out different. So that's all about equipping them. You know, they take part in duties, um, cleaning, um, cooking as well. So on a Sunday I get in the kitchen with one of them and they choose the meal for the night. We go shopping, we go in the kitchen, we cook it, they serve it to everyone else. They get a sense of ownership and pride about that. Um, So there's a whole lot of different things that we're trying to do to help people grow while they're there. And a big part of that is tomorrow um, is day one of our social workers starting with us. We're employing a woman we got federal funding to employ a social worker to case manage people f- and she's working four days a week. So we're really excited. That's kind of next level for us to, to get better outcomes that, for people. That's so good. So um, for those people who mightn't understand what case management is, like what does that actually practically mean for these people? So this lady, Andrea, will sit down with each of our people and she will take look at the whole picture of their life. She'll look at who is already in their life, giving them support. A lot of them come with workers of yep. different from different places and where are the gaps, what are their hopes and dreams for their life, how can we get from where we are today to there, you know, and just do that intensive work because when you move around a lot, when you don't have a home, when you lose your phone all the time, you might have a worker but then, then you move, you lose your phone, they don't know how to connect with you and... All of those people, are, there's a lot available to people who are homeless, but having a home is kind of the first step to getting the help that they need. And mm. one of our guys mm. just last week said, now I have a home. It's like help's coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. You know, it's available, but you just got to be in a stable place to be able to get that help, you know. So that's a big part of what she'll be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. 
So that's pretty much where we are today. We did the three months last year. Uh, it was successful. We evaluated what we did. We made a few changes um, and then went back to the owners and said, okay, we'd like to do this long term. How do you feel about that? Um, we could only get a commitment till the end of this year, but we're really hoping that it will be an ongoing thing. Um, we'll know that by the end of September. Okay. But we started in April. Again, we opened up and it's been slow taking people in. A lot of people are in motels right now because of COVID. But um, we've had six or seven different people so far and um, complex, really complex people. Yep. Um, a lot of people who've been long-term homeless, like one guy that's probably been 40 years on and off um, and mostly due to mental health challenges. And now he's managing that really well. He's got a worker who comes to us. He's been with us for about nine weeks now or ten weeks. Um, and he's just loving it. Like If it was just for him, I'd be doing it because yeah. I know it's made all the difference to him. And, um, yeah, so it's hard work. It's really hard and challenging work, but um, we're seeing some differences, so... We have a video. Would you like to see yeah, that? Let's, yeah, let's all check out that video because, I mean, just hearing all of these testimonies, I'm inspired, mm -hmm. but let's, let's actually hear it from... Someone who stayed last year. Someone who stayed last yep. year. Samantha. Let's um, check this out. years ago. When I left my marriage and went, it was quite a it was quite a horrible story of abuse and different things that had happened and I was found myself as a single mum with two children. I just didn't think about the house. I just got away for our safety and my ex stay in the home. The home was repossessed and so I lost my house. And I started drinking. And I wasn't nice. Oh, I was so lost. So I sort of thought, well, you drink too if you have my life. My children left home. I was paying rent for a house that was just too, too much. I was working. I just found that paying the $300, $400 rent a week when I was earning and gas, electricity, other bills that I had, I just couldn't do it. I've um, been in some share accommodation for the past few years. I just didn't find anywhere to fit. I was very frightened to come up first. Then I met some of the volunteers, like I think I met a lady called Min the first day I walked in and she um, grabbed my suitcase, helped me haul it up the stairs, came in my bedroom, just gave me a gentle pat, even though I was getting, you know, a bit teary. Just opened up her arms, really, it was, it was lovely. It only took within one, two days of being here. The warmth of the place, the safety, the food, <laughs> the, the people. I, I am somewhere very special. I mean, to have that company again has been so amazing. And then also to be able to have my quiet times as well. Interact as much as I like to. It felt like a family situation. 
I haven't laughed so much in such a long time and there's no substance involved and it's, it's real joy. That's what I felt. I've met some lovely people. One of them was my alongsider. Um, she's been great. She's helped me with getting to appointments, text messages, phone encouragement. That's just made me feel so happy they want to, that they want to do that with me. I just feel that I couldn't be in a better place. I went to Sunday school and I went to youth group and I loved it. And since coming here, I've rediscovered that. You know, just my, my faith again. And it's been, this has been an amazing few weeks. It's really opened up everything to what life is about. And life can be good. Like, you come across as quite bubbly and confident, but I'm not. You know, not really. And so this is just lovely that I am part of this community and I can make some... I have made some really great contacts and hopefully friends. And I've felt so alone for so long that this place has brought love back into my life. And knowing people care about me, which is like, that, and then I'm not worthless. I don't feel like I'm a valued person. to say after seeing that that's that's stable one that's the the fruit of providing that place for the one you mentioned earlier that stable one is what it is and can do what it does for the for the one for for the many because of the faithfulness of not only great staff members and social worker who, who do the more complex side of things, but also faithful volunteers as well. And I know our community, we, we love to, to play a part where we can. So what are some ways that said there, find out how? How can we get involved? So can you share a little bit about that? Sure. Um, yeah, lots and lots of ways. Um, we have a real need right now for more men to volunteer as alongsiders. So we do volunteer training for people who come in and just are a general volunteer, and they're not just a volunteer, but, you know, they just come, hang out, maybe do a little bit of cleaning. We sanitise everything regularly. Yeah. Um, but uh, when we have people that drive the minibus, there's probably room for a few more of those. Um, but this role of alongsider, we give some special training, uh, like a few hours of training. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a book that we use that's called Alongsiders, Sitting with Those Who Sit Alone by Mick Duncan. And I, we will give copies of that book to people who are interested. Um, and it really is about journeying with people. Yeah. Um, so we give special training for that. But we really need more men because lots of ladies put their hand up to do it. Um, but we don't have many men. And right now... I've got one guy staying with us who has no alongsider because we only put men with men and we generally have more men stay with us than women. So if you feel that God is speaking to you about doing that kind of thing, you'll get some training um, 
and we would love to hear, you know, it's just a, perhaps a weekly commitment where you actually visit with the person, um, but we share telephone numbers. Normally, volunteers don't do that, but as an alongsider, you, you give your mobile number so that you can text back and forth and just stay yeah. connected. Um, so it's a special relationship. And we try and match people as best we can. But when we don't have a lot of choice, it's really hard, you know. So I've got a guy right now I'd love a robust alongsider for. Um, so there's that. Um, we have uh, the way the church is involved this year is not just through volunteers, but on Saturday nights we're inviting church groups to come in and cook the evening meal. Oh, right. So we have a roster and lots of different churches are signed up to that roster. Um, and it, it's not like your whole church comes because that would be way too overwhelming for people. Um, but you provide the food, so you might collect, you know, money to buy the food or um, and then send in two, three, four people to come and cook, mm-hmm. sit down and eat, spend the evening with um, the guests, with our lodgers. Um, so that's there's a roster going for that. So there's an opportunity for the church to be involved. Okay. Um, we have a pantry. There's pantry items that you could contribute, you know, collect for and just, you know, we get through a lot of coffee, a lot of coffee. And it's, you know, you know those sachets? They love those sachets. And sachets of hot chocolate. That, like, there's some things we always need. Yep. Um, so I could give you a list of those things. Right now I've got a need for some really big clothing. I've got two really big men staying mm-hmm. with us and I'm talking like 7XL plus. Right? Okay. And uh, I can see a lot of flesh most of the time because sure. the clothing's not quite big enough and there's not enough of it to wash it and wear it and wash it. So we, have a, we keep a little bit of clothing. We don't want to be an op shop, but we keep a bit in our cupboard for when people arrive and they haven't got many clothes. Yeah. I've got new underwear and socks and that kind of stuff. I don't have 7XL or 8XL. Yep. So if anybody has that in good condition or they want to go buy that yep. and donate it, that would be a really awesome right now thing we need. So absolutely, yeah, man, there are some great great ways that we can get involved. And another way I know um, I'm on I'm on the list with the emails anyway around the the prayer side of things as well. Is are there specific things? Is that something that is open beyond pastors for yeah, other people? Yeah, for sure. To be a part I try of and that? do a newsletter about once a month, although yeah. sometimes it gets away from me. Um, so you can sign up to that through our website. Yep. Stableone.org is the website. Um, you can sign up to get that in your inbox, and every time I send that out, there's prayer points. But I mean, there are general prayer points. We have um, some people with some really serious mental health diagnoses. Sure. I'd love that to be healed. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, they're on some awful medication, a lot of them, for mm. that. Um, you pray. Pray for people's mental and physical health who are staying with us. Um, pray for our new social worker. She's got a big job to do. She starts tomorrow. Um, pray for those of us who are there most of the time because um, it's tiring, you know. Mm. Uh, as I was reading that uh, Isaiah passage, I thought, yeah, that's... You know, we need more of that from God, you know. Um, we need a bit of watering from time to time. But we need a lot of patience and an insight. Mm. And we're working with people all the time who have massive trauma, which means that the way they respond to things is not the way you and I might respond to things that don't have that in our lives. And I'm learning all the time. Um, and I just need God's wisdom. I think we all do. And our volunteers too, because it's tough so 
pray for these other winter shelters that are trying to run right now in the midst of COVID. They've had to pause most of them, I think, sure. um, this week. Um, but they've got people that need to be staying with them, I believe. They've mostly gone into motels, but they'll come out again. And um, in Toowoomba, they're going great guns. And there's so much interest around in Queensland at what's going on in Toowoomba Winter Shelter. So I know that next year there's likely to be more. So pray for that growth. And even what we're doing at the Lodge, we hope will get replicated. When we really get a, a grip on what how to do it well, yes. we want to share that and see more people doing the same thing in other places. So, yeah, lots to pray about. <laughs> Lot, lots and lots of things to pray about. And, and I, I think that's great because there's, there's ways that if we're physically unable perhaps to, to volunteer or we're not um, super financially flush right at this minute, that we can pray, we can, we can intercede, we can invite God to have his way in, in bringing healing and, and wholeness and, and greater sense of community and connection and growth and, and also for the staff as well to, to be equipped and, and empowered and be spirit-led and on, on fire in what they do. Um, and if, if we are in a, in a different situation, perhaps those are some ways that we could get involved, whether it be volunteering our time or whether it be giving financially or, or purchasing some, some clothing and, and other pantry items as well. Lots of ways that we could get involved. And, and so I encourage us, church, I encourage us to get behind the great work that Stable One are doing in our local community. There's, you know, there's ministries that, that do a lot of good things and, and we support a lot of great ministries, but I believe that Stable One is a key ministry, particularly at this time of year, for, for people who are really doing it tough in our community. So if we can get behind them in any way, I encourage you to do that. In fact, I think in the next time that we're actually in person again, we might take up, receive a, a special offering to go towards Stable One and maybe work on some of those pantry items as well and maybe bring a can of soup or whatever it is that you guys actually need so we can play our part in that way as a church community. But also I encourage you, it, there's nothing better than being the hands and feet of Jesus and being people of peace for, for others who would really benefit from that. So, yeah, put it to you. Get behind the great work of Stable One. Can, is there anything else you wanted to share or...? or I think just to say that when you do get involved, um, you're not just doing something for somebody else. And this has been my yes. experience my whole life, I think, that you go to do something for someone else and you end up the one that receives. Yeah. And you end up the one that, that grows, that oh, you just get to see God at work, you know, and, um, yeah, it you learn so if you come and volunteer i guarantee you're going to grow yeah you're going to learn from the people that you have come to serve because they're going to serve you in ways that you never expect and you know i have some bizarre conversations during my day sometimes um but there are moments like there were these gold gold moments like the other day this guy says to me this is a place of peace here isn't it and i said Do you know what that's going to get me through the next week that yeah. comment yep. that you catch that you know that that i sit in my office now and this week i heard people talking to each other like lodgers talking to each other and to start with that wasn't happening and they're settling now and they're 
enjoying each other and, hey, how are you going? Can I make you a cup of tea? Like these are the wins for us and not when people get into a house. So Samantha's story is great but it isn't usual, right? Samantha's volunteering on a Sunday afternoon with us now. She's a hairdresser. She cuts people's hair and I pay her to do that from Stable One Money because I think that's a really great thing to do. Absolutely. Um, And that's an awesome story but... But the little wins are when someone says, this is a place of peace or Mm. can Mm. I make you a cup of tea or they just show signs of trusting you because when people come to us, generally, they don't trust anybody in the world at all. And then they start to trust you and believe that actually these people really care. Someone said that this week. People here really care. Yeah. You can't pay for that. Like you can't. I don't know. You can't employ people to care and love people. I just think that's something that the church can do that perhaps nobody else does quite the same way. So Absolutely. Yeah, so... That, that's great. And I, I think if you're on the money with that. Like, when we as Christians are truly captured by the gospel, are truly captured by the reality that, that we've done nothing to deserve favour from Jesus, and yet he lavishes his grace upon us, that just shifts things, doesn't it? And all of a sudden, we're like, well, he came not to be served, but to serve and give his life. That's what we can do too. And it doesn't have to be, and fortunately for most of us, it probably won't be in the way that, that Jesus did in actually losing his life, but giving up things in order to be a blessing. But like you said, so often when we do it, we actually get blessed ourselves. And and um, yeah, I'm I'm just so excited to see what God's going to continue to do through the work of Stable One. So why don't we just take a moment right now and, and I'd just love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for Stable One and, yeah, pray for all of us as well that, that we would get behind in whatever way God leads us to. Let's do that. Yeah, God, we, we are just in awe of what you are doing, Lord, in the world. We thank you, God, that you are the God who isn't just, isn't just concerned about the needs of, of middle-class people, you aren't just concerned about the, the upper or, or the lower, Lord. You care about all. You care about all people. And if you see any one of your children suffering, it, it, it breaks your heart. And, Lord, we thank you for the incredible work of Stable One who are providing a stable place, a stable place of belonging, community, a, a safe place for people to not only have a roof over their heads but have a loving community in which to be a part of and to contribute to. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just continue to richly bless Stable One. I pray for Jenny and all the other team, the new social worker starting as well tomorrow. Lord, we pray that you would just continue to show yourself to be faithful and true, that you would continue to give them those little, those little divine carrots, if you like, of those moments of clarity through all the challenges that they face where they can go, oh, wow, this is making a big difference. This is, this is making a difference for this one. Lord, would, would they have more and more of those moments? And God, we pray that they would continually be people who would not rely on their own strength, but would be people who rely solely on you. And Holy Spirit, just guide them in all your work, we pray. And Lord, we, we also just thank you for all these beautiful people who are currently lodging right now with Stable One. We thank you, God, that they, that they have even now, just sort of testified of, of those that sense of community and belonging and, and peace that they're experiencing in this place. 
And Lord, we pray that you'll continue to bless them. Lord, we pray for healing for, for complex mental health situations. We pray, Lord, that you would bring healing in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that you would bring healing in the form of, of uh, the right mental health team as well to get around them and provide care and support. And Lord, we pray that they would even find healing in simply being a part of a loving community where they are valued, where they belong, where they have a space to contribute and, and utilise the gifts that you've given them, God, whether they recognise that you've given them to them or not. So, yeah, Lord, we just thank you for this. And in light of all we've heard this morning, God, may we not go away from this just going, that's a great ministry, what great work they're doing. But, Lord, would we go away saying, Lord, I've heard this, how do you want me to respond? Because, God, we know that we... Many of us in our community, we are very, very fortunate. We've been blessed with, with jobs. We've been blessed with good health. We've been blessed, ultimately, with the good news of the gospel. And we have capacity, many of us, to contribute in different ways. So, Lord, would you guide us in how you are calling us to contribute, whether that be cans of soup or other things like that or purchasing clothes or praying, Lord, and interceding and, and just adding, adding stable one as one of our regular prayer points in our day-to-day prayers. But whatever it is, God, guide us and help us to be even more active as a church community in being your hands and feet in our local community. So, Lord, we thank you for stable one and we pray your abundant blessing and your continued provision and, Lord, we even, we even anticipate that come September that they will receive good news in terms of their venue, not just coming to an end but being an ongoing thing in that space. So we ask for that, God, and we pray and know that you will make a way um, for this, this particular program to continue and to flourish. So, Lord, may it spread not only to Toowoomba and local parts of Queensland, but may this be something that spreads all over our great nation. And would we see great fruit come about it in the lives of those who, who are residents and get to have a, a safe place and a stable place, but also, Lord, in the lives of all who choose to volunteer and sacrificially serve others in your name. So we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.